0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by the U.S. Grains Council, selling American corn, sort of barley, and co-products to buyers around the world every day. Our guest on this edition is Oklahoma Congressman and Chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Frank Lucas. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Global markets are an incredible challenge as well as an opportunity, so you simply cannot overstate the importance of boots on the ground, speaking the local language, and understanding the local political and regulatory constraints. That's what the U.S. Grains Council does. The explosive food demand is in developing countries where a growing middle class is moving to first world quality diets. But as we look at those markets, the volatility is extraordinary. The U.S. Grains Council is out there 24-7 establishing relationships, building trust, and opening doors for corn, sorghum, barley, and their co-products. And that translates into economic gains for farmers in the United States. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm Jeff Natalie in Washington. As hundreds of pages of laws now unfold to thousands of pages of rules and regulations through implementation of the new Farm Bill by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Oklahoma Congressman and U.S. House Agriculture Committee Chairman Frank Lucas says the legislative process was a lesson in perseverance. It's been a character building
1: experience. When you take two and a half years to do a bill that should have taken six months, a bill simply to make sure that we all have enough to eat, It shouldn't have been this complicated, but I guess uh, everything in this town now is complicated. And it shows that not only my efforts, but Mr. Peterson, uh, uh, Stabenow, Cochran, and the House Agriculture Committee, of course, we did what we needed to do. We did the things that had to be done for rural America, a safety net for producers to make sure we can raise the food and fiber we need. Yes, a safety net for the consumers on the other side, a continued commitment to conservation, uh, protecting the crop insurance money, I've said many times this uh, final product might not be defined quite as a miracle. That requires a little divine intervention, but this is just almost short of a miracle that we got it done.
0: My heart sank one afternoon when on the House floor they cheered because a farm bill failed. Governance failed, food policy failed, and then others were still even willing to separate food from farm policy that's a different day in this in, in in this in this in this town.
1: Well, we've had a huge turnover in membership when we brought the 2013 version of the farm bill to the floor. I did my head count and I came to the realization that almost half of the House of Representatives in the summer of 13 had not been there for the previous farm bill in 2008. Almost half the body had turned over in five years' time. Half, almost half the body had not been there for the amendments, the debate, the implementation process, all the things that went together with the previous farm bill. That lack of knowledge hurt us, and that's a part of why it took so long to build that knowledge level up to be able to consider the bill. And the other issue, sadly, is farmers and ranchers in this country for now two centuries have been so successful now, I will acknowledge there have been times when maybe the money in your pocket was a little short to buy the food, but there's always been food on the shelf in the store. It's always been available. It's always been high quality. It's always been safe. We have spoiled the American consumer, and consequently, the members of Congress who represent them, not so much rural America, but they represent that overwhelming consumer portion, uh, they're spoiled too. But that's what a farm bill is all about, is to make sure that the resources are there, that the safety net is there to enable farmers and ranchers to make the investments, to put the effort in, to create, to grow the food, the fiber, to make uh, the life of the consumer, both in the United States and around the world, a little better and a little cheaper. But when you're taken for granted, uh, that can be a problem, and we were, but we overcame it finally.
0: The time that folks are hearing this is Thursday morning. You've had a chance to talk here on Wednesday. The Senate holding a hearing with the Secretary of Agriculture Mm -hmm. to talk about the implementation process. Uh, Some are concerned and very curious about how some things are going to be interpreted with the regulatory language. I'll start with one and perhaps you share with others. What about actively engaged in farming? Is that going to be a bit of a question?
1: Well, it's always been a question, and it's been discussed in many appropriation bills that I've been a part of over the last 20 years. It was discussed in committee. It was discussed in conference. Uh, uh, It's just an ongoing issue. I'd simply say to the secretary and the lawyers down at USDA implementing the bill, a farm bill is about letting farmers farm, letting ranchers ranch. We need interpretations that allow Uh, people to grow food to grow fiber I hope they will bear that in mind I do serve with people in this body who would like to use rules and regulations to define who can farm and who can't farm and in what way they farm I find that offensive because after all a farm bill is about raising food and fiber the resources should follow the production Uh, people who want to farm who have the skills and the and the capital should be allowed to farm but we'll see and if the definitions that are used uh, miss the mark then we on the committee will try and help the department clarify
0: well if those definitions ultimately come down to payment limits the number of people that are involved in an operation and how far you can go so one definition then defines a debate that's been going on for years
1: No, oh, absolutely absolutely but remember once again many of the groups and the activists here in this town who push these debates are more concerned about recreating rural America in the image that they have, not in what is involved over time, uh, not what science has helped determine, not what conditions and markets and and families have decided. Uh, It's just a struggle we have to continue with. But I repeat once again, we should let farmers farm.
0: What other areas of the hundreds of pages of laws that turn to thousands of pages of regulations What are the ones that you're most mindful of?
1: Well, I don't know that I can put my finger on anything particular at this moment. I would just tell you that I and the professional staff on the committee are watching the whole process. When you've got a 900 and some page bill, when you're interpreting things that will become tens of thousands of pages of rules, it's a never-ending process. But yes, trying to make sure it's implemented. And what I have told various people is, both in leadership in the department and even members of, uh, of, of the House in general. The the goal here should be for the spirit of the Farm Bill to be implemented. Uh, and that's where I'm trying to encourage the department to go. If they'll follow the spirit of the Farm Bill with all of the public input that went in this time, hundreds of amendments in committee, hundreds of amendments on the floor, all the public conference stuff, all the things we went through, then we'll be all right. But don't let anyone try to put their personal perspective uh, in the the rules-making process.
0: I'm really interested in your interpretation here, and I wish you had some water in your state and in your region to deal with. The definition of waters of the U.S. In 2007, that law was passed. And as I and I think others understood, that was the major tributary where at least a boat will float and the immediate dirt that is around it. As I understand now, the EPA is looking at all the water anywhere that feeds into those tributaries for new regulation.
1: It's the most amazing potential power grab, uh, at least in my lifetime. And for our listeners' benefit, it all comes down to whether navigable is still relevant. If navigable is still relevant, as it has been under federal law up until this point, if a steamboat can't move up and down the water body, then uh, if it can't then it's state regulation if a steamboat can move that's some 1850s definition then it's federal if epa succeeds in doing by rule what congress will never give them authority to do by law basically they'll control every drop of water from the ocean all the way back to the parking lot in front of your business The rain coming off your barn, the drip off the brim of your hat. I kiddingly tell my constituents back home, that's an amazing amount of authority. What happens when the dog food bowl
0: overflows in the backyard on a rainy day? How do you override their directive?
1: Historically, uh, there are three ways that you fight this kind of a battle uh, in Congress. One, the committees of oversight bring in the agency and the agency lead. And in an open hearing, demand justification. What's your legal authority? What's your plan? What's the cost? Why are you doing this? Why, 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 why? You'd be amazed the number of times that that's enough to stop the bureaucracy. Obviously, that's not worked to the EPA this time. The second tool, when you cannot, uh, through the hearing process, get their attention and back them off, use the, uh, the legislative process. You either pass a law repealing what they claim is the justification for their authority, or you pass a law prohibiting it. The situation we're in now, we could do that in the House. I don't know that the Senate would touch it. I'm very convinced the president wouldn't sign the bill. So that option's not there. The third tool, historically, is to use the appropriations process. To say in a funding bill for the agency that's doing this process, for instance, EPA, you can't spend any money for anything related to that issue. You can't hire people. You can't buy paper. You can't buy electricity. You turn off their mechanical ability to do things. Now I know some of our listeners would say, but Congressman, if you can't get a law passed to prevent it, how are you going to prevent it uh, through the appropriations process? Even the White House has to have electricity in the summertime. <laughs> Even Air Force One needs jet fuel. There are appropriation bills that have to be passed. Now. If the Senate uh, majority uh, defends the EPA position, we still may not get that done this time. But in about eight months, nine months, I think we'll have a new majority in the Senate, and we'll have complete control in the next session of Congress over the appropriations process. So that will strengthen that tool. Uh, 24 months after that, we get a new president. I would hope that we get a new EPA director, and we get somebody who will sign bills that will fix these problems. So. We're in this for the long haul. We'll use the short-term ways to fight the problem. And if they work, great. If they don't, we're in the long-term haul to fight it until we prevail. But if you give the EPA control of every drop of water off the brim of your hat, off the corner of your barn, off your sidewalk, the overflow out of your dog food bowl in the backyard that's frightening. That's just frightening.
0: Is 17 members, Democratic members, who signed that letter of 231 enough to make a difference? I hope so. One last step. What happens between here, the election, or end of the year? I've been told the Farm Bill was the last major piece of legislation that would move before uh, before the end of the year. What What process between here and there?
1: There will be some appropriation bills that will pass, I would like to think that the Ag Committee's reauthorization of the Commodities Futures Trading Commission Act will be seen, will be picked up in the Senate. We'll see. But uh, the only major, comprehensive, big piece of legislation done in regular order, the proper way, the way we were taught in eighth grade civics class, from the end of this year back five years, clearly is going to be the Farm Bill. Pretty amazing. But it was the Farm Bill that actually got done, almost certain.
0: You've been listening to AgriPulse Open Mic. Our guest has been the Honorable Chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Oklahoma Congressman Frank Lucas. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the U.S. Grains Council, selling American corn, sorghum, barley, and co-products to buyers around the world every day.